Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. Welcome to Medicine on Call, where it's all about living in the solutions. Today I have a colleague on who I am so happy to be able to introduce to my listeners and to the world. Uh, this is Dr. Tony, Tony Dale. He's a former physician from Great Britain. His interest in the American medical system began in the mid-1990s when he actually had to have surgery in the U.S. And from this experience, Dr. Dale saw the tremendous inconsistencies and staggering costs built into the American healthcare system, especially the insurance system. And he has spent the last several years actually creating a new concept, a niche, some uh, a company that provides an alternative to our healthcare system. I'm seeing patients every day because of their high deductibles, their coinsurance, they're literally denying themselves service because they can't afford it. And my whole mantra about the Affordable Care Act has always been, what's the point of having a health insurance card if you can't use it? And this is another alternative because it's about the individual and the doctor where it's supposed to be. And what really strikes me, Dr. Dale, about your company, which I really love, is that it was began by a physician, not a pencil pusher, not a bureaucrat, but someone who's on the front lines who can actually understand what it means to be a doctor, and how we should be advocates for our patient. So I wanted to thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure. And uh, Dr. George, I really appreciate this uh, opportunity and uh, I'm looking forward, uh, hopefully, to be able to share lots of helpful ideas with your listeners. I'm looking forward to that, too. Let's go back to that time that you talked about, uh, you know, in your, in your bio about having to enter the healthcare system. What was the thing that shocked you most about it? Uh, you know, that really was a, a very interesting time and experience. Uh, as you said, I'm a physician. I'm a family doctor. Uh, practiced family medicine in England for a, a long time before we emigrated here to the States. Um, we didn't emigrate here to get involved in clinical medicine. We were more involved in uh, working with doctors on the academic side. Uh, and so... Uh, when I had my first taste of the medical system, it was because I'd injured my knee uh, playing basketball with the kids, trying to pretend I was still a teenager when clearly I'm not. Uh, and uh, this was in 1996. Uh, I, I knew what had happened. I could tell I'd torn my left medial meniscus, uh, went to see an orthopedic surgeon. We agreed what needed to be done. Uh, and he told me it was going to cost about $2,000 to put right. Uh, and I was so ignorant of the inner workings of the system over here, uh, even though by that stage I'd been here in the country for a number of years, uh, that it didn't occur to me that he was only giving me his price. So I go through, surgery goes well, everything's going fine, uh, and the bills are coming. Now they're not going quite so fine. I, I've got just under 15 dollars of bills for a relatively straightforward outpatient uh, uh, procedure uh, done in the hospital, go in at 6.30 in the morning, you're home by 10.30 that same morning. Uh, and, you know, just under 15000 in those days, that's about $35,000 now. Uh, and I found myself thinking, this is absolutely nuts. Now, 
actually, I was uh, a part uh, of a group where it was going to get paid. Uh, I was not a part of the classic insurance system, uh, but I was a part of one of the Christian healthcare sharing ministries. So it's not that it wasn't going to be paid. Uh, I, I was just uh, confused, uh, angry, I, I don't know, a number of different emotions that uh, something so straightforward could possibly cost that much money uh, that uh, in this instance was going to be paid uh, you know, within the community of people that I was a part of. Uh, and so I challenged all the bills. Uh, and to my amazement, uh, I mean, we're talking one phone call to, to the hospital, one phone call to the surgeon, the anesthetist, you know, the people who did the MRIs. Uh, that was enough in every case to get the, the bills reduced by 50%. Now, that was even more bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is really what set me on this course, which has uh, in many ways dominated my life over the last 20 years here, uh, of what is happening with American healthcare economics and how can we bring a rational foundation to it where people uh, are being charged appropriately for the really excellent care that they typically are getting. Well, you said a mouthful there, the fact that they would drop the price so precipitously just because you got involved and asked the question. I wonder how many times that can be reproduced across the country where people are being charged. I don't know if it's a real amount, if it can drop by 50%. I mean, what are they doing? And who's overseeing the cost of the healthcare system? It seems like there's nobody at the, nobody's watching this. <laughs> well, I. I, I think there's uh, some truth to what you're saying, except I'm sure there are people watching it very closely. Uh, I don't remember what the sports film was, but it had a very famous line where it said, we'll follow the money. Uh, and, you know, there, there are trillions of dollars involved here. Uh, and, and so as one looks at that and begins following the money, uh, you find out, first of all, for example, most of the doctors don't have a clue. Uh, they've I'm not sure if they've been professionally taught. You might address that, but uh, my impression is, having now spoken, you know, to hundreds or thousands of doctors over uh, the years, uh, is that doctors fairly deliberately don't get engaged in that conversation with their patients. So, no, I don't handle that. Talk with the people in the front office. Um, and how much of that is a is a protection? Uh, how much so that they can literally? Uh, plead ignorance as to what is being charged. Mm -hmm. uh, if we have time, I, I may tell you a recent experience where I, you know, recently had surgery, uh, and uh, you know, it, it is a system where most people benefit. Most people engaged in the system, let me put it that way, benefit almost from their ignorance. The people who don't benefit are the people paying the bill, uh, except in the strange situation of the insurance companies because the insurance companies do not actually gain anything by having a fairer payment system. No. They would rather uh, see, let's call it a 6% profit on a $1,000 premium than a 6% profit on a $500 premium. So they're not interested in a systemic way in bringing the cost down. It does not benefit them. I think that can be said for the entire healthcare system. I've spoken with doctors who talk about the pharmacy benefit management setup and the um, the purchasers for hospital supplies 
again, it's the same thing. You have a middleman that inserts themselves. Their objective is it is for it to be as expensive as possible so they can say that they're giving you a discount, but they're getting a percentage of what they, quote, discount you. So, again, if the discount's $1,000, there's a big difference versus 100000 right? So there's all this graft built into the system that makes it want to stay as high as possible. There's no downward pressure. That's the difference, I think, between a free market system and this. You're going to get better, more business if you're cheaper and better, not if you're gouging people. Uh, Dr. George, I completely agree with you. And uh, I mean, just, you know, one example that comes to mind as you described that, uh, a large company we were uh, working with trying to help who had a self-insure plan, uh, around 700 employees. I, I think they were spending around seven and a half million a year. Uh, we were able to help them save two million of that seven and a half just by looking at their contract mm -hmm. with the insurance company that was managing their so-called self-insure plan uh, and was creaming off enormous sums of money in exactly the way you said. They, uh, they were putting the patients through their own PPO network, uh, the insurance company was, uh, and then charging uh, an exorbitant uh, percentage of how much we saved you. Uh, on all of those bills made zero sense uh, and when we pointed this out in the contract you know they obviously uh, went in and, and began to put things straight mm -hmm. but at every level the system is predicated to separate people from their money usually by middlemen and they're they're silent almost I mean nobody knows they're there I mean we do because we've actually had to live this now but the patients don't have any idea why they're paying so much money and who stands to gain. And this is a lawless system. You have these companies literally deciding who lives and dies by how much they're charging and how much the patient can actually afford to spend. And there's nobody who, who really cares. Let's take our first break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. Are you having problems with persistent bad breath, constant throat clearing, hoarseness, a cough that won't go away, a sore throat, or a feeling that something's always stuck in your throat? Why not find out what the problem is so it can be fixed? At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking time to work with our patients as a team to get to the root of the problem. Make an appointment today to see why Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Call 404-591-9100 or visit us at peachtreeentcenter.com. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Dr. Tony Dale. He is the founder of Sidera Health and a... I think a visionary. And one of the things that strike me now that I'm more aware of the setup of our insurance model, I didn't really understand before I, this year, really, because it's really affected me, that 50% of the insurance plans that are out there are purchased by employers. It's not individuals. It's mostly employer-based. And I thought, you know, we have, that's a pretty good thing. People are covered. But it's turning out to be the worst-case scenario because you hate to see as physicians 
these insurance plans come into your office because there's no accountability. They are carved out from the insurance commissioner. They only answer to the Department of Labor, which doesn't seem to know anything about what's going on. And it, to me, it seems like Sidera is positioned to help small businesses get themselves out of this nightmare of this, this expensive, you buy something, you can't afford to use it phenomenon that's happening. Are you finding that, well, when you approach businesses, small businesses, medium, etc., that once you explain, like you just described before the break, how much money you can save, that they go, where have you been? <laughs> Why haven't you been here sooner? Uh, uh, absolutely. We get many comments along that line. Uh, and, and I think it'd be worth explaining to your listeners a couple of things that are really important here. Uh, you know, the fact that through a quirk of, of history, you know, post-World War II, uh, that the American system of healthcare moved from the doctor-patient relationship, which included an economic relationship directly between the doctor and the patient, uh, that brought respect to both sides. The doctor appreciated being paid for what they were doing, and the patient appreciated the help and advice which they got. Uh, but it moved from that very rapidly through a quirk of history to where because the government had decided in its wisdom uh, that employer-based plans would be uh, given tax benefits that were not given to individual plans, uh, which remains the case and is a very, very bizarre uh, sort of way of uh, aligning incentives. Uh, what it meant was that huge numbers of uh, companies began to include health insurance as a benefit, as a way of helping people get around wage controls after the war. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, the end result of that is what we see now, uh, where I would say the majority of the working population do get their health plan through their work, uh, but they remain functionally uninsured. Now, what I mean by that is this. Uh, the costs have risen so dramatically under the Affordable Care Act uh, that uh, now the typical situation uh, really is the, the individual or family where there's maybe a four or $5,000 deductible or even higher, uh, and uh, obviously more for other members of the family. Uh, and that means that for the typical working person, even though their employer is getting broken by the, the price of the premium and the employee portion of the price of the premium is climbing up and up even while the deductible continues to go up. So the employee is already losing a lot of money from their wage. Now when they actually get sick, they've still got to pay the first 5000 out of their own pocket. Well, not one family in, nine, in, in 20. Uh, is likely to have more than $5,000 in medical bills in a year. Mm -hmm. So you take a small company with 20 employees, there's probably only one or two employees who really benefit uh, in the sense uh, of uh, seeing meaningful return from what they've paid. The other 18 uh, are bearing the burden of the two who are sick. Uh, well, you know, that raises all sorts of questions uh, as you look at uh, what is appropriate in economics and what people can afford uh, and really what type of choices would be available. So when people see that we can 
uh, help them through Sidera, uh, typically at around half of uh, the cost. Uh, we don't use the same language as insurance because Sidera is not an insurance program. Uh, we don't uh, have any transfer of risk. Uh, we don't uh, pool, uh, you know, uh, th those resources. We we are truly a large number of companies all over the country choosing to work within a benevolent system uh, and uh, helping deal with each other with the cost of medical care. And in that sharing of need, uh, without all of the, the sort of middlemen approach, uh, there's more than enough uh, where typically uh, the vast majority of people, they, they can choose different levels, but uh, most people w within our programs are, are only looking at uh, paying out of pocket the, the first $500 of any given medical need uh, because the rest is going to be shared by the caring community. And there's incredible power when you have the voluntary sharing uh, of a community of people committed uh, to finding healthier ways to live and healthier ways to handle their finances. Well, it seems that once you get rid of the lair and you actually use respect, you know, people can decide what they want to be, what they want to cover, how they want to handle their own healthcare needs. That you don't have a top-down approach; it's cheaper. I think I belong to a health sharing ministry as well, and I don't use my my benefits unless I really need them. I think about what the other members need. I think about, do I really need to use it? And I can spend money out of my own pocket. And, you know, one of the things that well, I've interviewed a lot on this topic, and I'm sure you get the same question, and I'm going to ask you because I know this is probably the number one question. How can it be so cheap compared to an insurance plan? People always want to know that. And what's your take on, on why it is cheaper? Why does it cost you less to cover your members? That's, that's such a great question, uh, and I, I, I really want to try and do justice to it uh, because uh, I, I don't think one can say, you know, just entirely, oh, A causes B. You know, there are a number of factors. So let's look at what you already said. You, you said you really think about using that benefit for yourself uh, because of your respect for the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's very important. I, I mean, that describes to a T uh, why I first challenged the bills on uh, on my knee surgery. Uh, I, I, I was just appalled at the idea of my Christian brothers and sisters sharing, uh, you know, the equivalent of $35,000 of bills uh, for something which I was absolutely sure didn't cost a fraction of that. Uh, and so that personal responsibility is a uh, is an important issue because it's not just economic. That personal responsibility comes back to lifestyle choices and all sorts of things. Uh, you know, if I choose to consistently overeat, if I choose to never exercise, I'm not just creating a burden for myself. I'm creating a burden for everyone else who's going to, to share in my health care costs, uh, whether it's through some mandatory program by the government or whether it's through uh, a medical cost-sharing approach such as uh, we use in Tadira or uh, very similar in terms of how it's handled within the Christian health care-sharing ministries. 
So I, I see personal responsibility as a starting place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's absolutely not the only reason. Um, you know, n- none of us really, I was going to say none of us choose to be sick. That's not quite true because a lot of us, by our lifestyles, uh, are making choices. We Perhaps most people just don't think through the implications of those choices. Uh, but let's take it away from personal responsibility and begin to look at other elements of the system. Uh, and now you begin to bump into all sorts of perverse incentives. Uh, you, you bump into, you know, the idea, oh, well, uh, if my deductible is 1500 as soon as I've spent that, I don't care what happens after that because someone else is covering the bill. Um, you know, this leads to very poor choices. Uh, people need skin in the game. Uh, but it's, it's again, it's not just personal responsibility. It's it's beginning to look at how the system uh, itself uh, really motivates against improving things. So I recently had surgery. Uh, now I'm old enough to be eligible for Medicare. Uh, I've chosen not to have the section of Medicare that uh, pays for. Uh, doctors or outpatient procedures, but only to pay for uh, what happens uh, in inpatient care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a choice I've made. So now, now begin to look at the sort of perverse things that can happen there. I went in uh, for a procedure uh, that you could almost certainly say on someone of my age that the appropriate thing would be to keep them in at least overnight. They might even find they needed to be there a couple of nights because of the consequences of the surgery. Uh, but I recovered relatively quickly, uh, and uh, the uh, hospital concerned and the doctor concerned, I don't think with any maliciousness, none at all, just not thinking through the system, they decide to send me home. Uh, obviously, my wife picks me up and drives me. I'm pretty groggy still, all of this. Uh, but in that decision to send me home, some very interesting things happened. All of a sudden, my surgery was outpatient rather than inpatient. Mm-hmm. So then I get a bill from the hospital uh, for what was only done now as an outpatient at a rate that is three times the amount of money that Medicare would have paid them for not just the procedure, but for keeping me in at least 24 hours, i.e. overnight. So for getting twice as much care, I could have got it at one-third the price paid for by my insurance. But because they sent me home early, everybody could now charge the the private member price uh, and charge outrageously. Uh, essentially charging six times as much because they were only charging three times as much, but they were only providing half the care. Hold on, Dr. Dr. Dale, hold on for one second. We have to take a break. I'm sorry to cut you off. I want people to think about that in the break, though, and we'll come come right back. You're listening to Medicine on Call. health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. 
and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out of pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Dr. Dr. Dale. And before the break, you were giving us this story that really makes your hair stand on end. That it was you're paying more based on less care versus I, it doesn't even make sense. But ultimately, as a patient, you might have been put in harm's way to make more money if people are being really mercenary about it instead of keeping you for 24 hours they're making more money based on pushing you out the door as fast as they can get you out. That, to me, smacks of and will lead down the road to poor patient care. Someone's not going to do well as well as you did, and there's going to be a complication because of it. How, what's your take on that? Do you think it's money-related, or, or did the hospital really know what they were doing, do you think? Um you know, I, I, I wish I could just come straight out and say I thought that no, you know, e everybody always means the best. And I, and I absolutely, in this particular case, you know, the, the, the doctor concerned, I don't think it even crosses mind, mm -hmm. uh, that the people at the hospital who made the decision, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, yeah, you know, it looks fine to, for, you know, me to be discharged, you know, they're probably thinking I'm a doctor, my wife's a doctor, he's fine. Um, so I, did did any individual uh, deliberately treat uh, you know mistreat me? No. And when I reached back out to them and told them what had happened, I had no problem in this case with either the doctors or the hospitals uh, completely agreeing with what I was saying uh, and agreeing, uh, you know, just on the basis of a quick phone call. Uh, that it would therefore be appropriate to only charge me the Medicare cost. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is worth noticing that's charge me, whereas I'd already paid Medicare, uh, you know, through my taxes and everything over the years uh, for Medicare to handle this bill. But because of the way they, all the people involved were not engaged enough to realize their decisions had a profound economic impact on me, uh, all of a sudden I'm paying a bill that, should have been paid by someone else. Now, can I afford it? Yes, I can. And, you know, I, I wasn't going to argue that. I was perfectly comfortable that uh, this was innocent. I think it's innocent in the decisions of the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's innocent in the planning for how these things are done. Uh, in other words, people are responsible for understanding the impact of their decisions. Uh, doctors are responsible to understand that they don't tell their patient 
that you can get an MRI done for $350 or you can get it done for $3,500, the patient might be paying $3,500. You know, it's inexcusable that we would send people out into such a complicated system uh, to, to basically drown in their lack of knowledge. And the same would be true for a hospital that would, uh, you know, not think through the implications. And so I'm left thinking that the higher up you move in the system, any system, the more likely it is that people understand the consequences of how they've set up the system. The people down uh, at the low level who are actually, and I don't mean it low, I'm talking, you know, high quality mm-hmm. doctors and nurses or others, but, you know, those who are actually doing the work on the floor have probably never even thought about it. Uh, but someone is thinking about it because pretty much every hospital I go to looks like it's decked out in marble and yeah. everybody's doing just fine, thank you. And it's like a palace. Well, I, you know, now that you've given me your example, I think I understand how why it's come about. Because if you think about the Affordable Care Act and how they set up their hospital payment system, if you get readmitted with the same diagnosis within 30 days, the hospital doesn't get paid. But there's also the diagnostic-related group, you know, DRG payment. Yeah, DRGs. Based Mm -hmm. on how long you stay in the hospital. So there's this peculiar and, I think, uh, idiosyncratic, that's a nice way to put it, way to to push you out to make as much money as possible, then not readmit you, and it's just a bad system. And the seniors are the ones that are getting the first shaft on this thing. It's, I can't even imagine how it can cost you more money when you're not spending any time in the hospital versus you spending 24, 48, whatever hours. That has to be based on their, they know what they're doing. It's based on their charge master, and it's disgusting, frankly. And I, because, I, I just want to completely agree with you on that. And the patients don't know. All they know is that the doctor is the face of it and so we're getting the brunt the full brunt of this system but i would i would really state that the people who are employed by these hospitals cannot send you out of the hospital they're they're designed to help that hospital make money that means you refer within your network to within your physician network to your hospitals they could care less if they actually i think they do care they don't want you to know that you can have a ct for a fraction or get blood work out of the hospital. They want to capture that one, every single dollar they can capture. Someone has to step in and take a look at this. It's a system that's completely, it's unethical, it's unhinged, and it's based on coercion. Because if any doctor said anything, I'm sure, they'd be put up on, you know, sham peer review and run out of that hospital pretty quickly. You know, that's, it's a problem. It's, a, it's almost like a mafia or a cartel. And this is what makes your company so powerful. You know, I love the, the, the mantra or the line of peer-to-peer medical sharing. It's an equality system. It's equal. I have a service. You want my service. I'm going to tell you how much it is, and I'm going to take care of you. How easy is that, right? Absolutely. Uh, and uh, it, it's imperative that those of us who understand the system are willing to engage with it in such a way that we can affect positive change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I, I just really heard loud and clear in what you were sharing uh, is that because we've lost the doctor-patient relationship um, in all sorts of ways, uh, but with all the middlemen, 
the patient doesn't really understand that their money is not going to the doctor. The doctor certainly understands that the vast majority of the money is not coming to them. Uh, they feel beholden to their paymaster, which might be the hospital or you know, the clinic they're a part of or however it's working in their case. Uh, except for the fact that now there is this growing movement among physicians saying enough is enough, that the health system cannot run without the physicians and we want the relationship and the uh, ability to make decisions with our patients uh, as our peers uh, and it's bringing the doctor and the patient back together again in an incredibly valuable way. I think so and it becomes the counterpoint or the counterpoint to the system. The system is built on monopoly. They don't want any competition. They will do what they have to do. Even in here in Atlanta we've seen this where they'll buy a surgery center and close it down. You think you're still going to be able to take your patient there, it no longer exists, or it's been Pac-Manned by the hospital, and then the charge master changes. And it's just, they, they really don't want any competition. And from a Sidera standpoint, let's talk a little bit about numbers, because I foresee people, if they know, now that they know you exist, they're going to want to know, well, how could they join? Is I know there are, there are separate different levels of, of, um, of programs that you offer. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I'd love to. Um, uh, first of all, when we started Sidera, tied up with the way that uh, the Affordable Care Act was written, uh, we only uh, worked with groups, uh, typically employee groups, uh, and uh, there, there were reasons for that tied up with how to handle the individual mandate. Uh, and so still the vast majority uh, of our members uh, within Sidera are employees of companies that have chosen to be a part uh, of our program. Mm. And people sometimes ask me what's sort of the sweet spot for, for what we do. And I'd say uh, companies, you know, with uh, five to, to sort of 50 employees uh, are our sweet spot, although we do work with companies uh, with employees in the hundreds. Um, uh, but also more recently, we've been uh, free uh, to begin working with uh, associations and groups that are uh, aggregated, for example, groups of 1099 employees and this type of thing. Uh, so, Sidera is deliberately created in such a way that anyone, and not just uh, those who are eligible under the exemption, exemption in the Affordable Care Act, uh, you know, could join the Christian healthcare sharing ministries. Uh, I do happen to be an open and an active Christian, uh, and that's active actually what made me feel like we needed to find a way to legitimately take this methodology uh, and make it available to everybody. Uh, so whatever a person's faith background or no faith, uh, there are plenty of people of goodwill and companies that really want the best for their employees who would like to be a part of this approach. Uh, and so Sidera is open to uh, anybody and everybody, uh, and we literally uh, share in each other's costs on a voluntary basis. And the, the fascinating thing, you know, as you look at, uh, I, I guess nowadays, uh, you know, hundreds or uh, maybe approaching a thousand, uh, sort of companies uh, all over the country and all of the thousands and thousands of uh, members uh, you know, employees of those companies uh, that we work with uh, are able to sustain on a voluntary basis a 
system that because you're dealing with the middlemen and addressing many of the things we've discussed uh, during this interview so far, helping people understand them, helping the providers understand these issues as well. And when you move into that sort of no-nonsense environment, you can bring the costs way down. And that's, I'm sure, at the end of the day, that's the bottom line, why people really love to join us once they understand what we're doing. Well, I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And I actually now, when we take, let's take our last break, I want to ask you when we come back, for the physician who wants to be, uh, who wants to take care of Sidera patients, what could they expect? So let's take our, our last break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. You're listening to Medicine on Call, where healthcare, business, and current events connect. This is Dr. George from Medicine on Call. Each week, I speak about our healthcare system and the problems with it. One of the main problems is the doctor-patient relationship. I've found that patients really crave time, the time to ask their doctor questions, and physicians crave the time to answer those questions in a thorough manner. Towards that end, Peachtree Ear, Nose, and Throat Center is pleased to announce a new video telemedicine service. We now offer consultation for second opinions and for people who'd like to learn more and ask questions about how to navigate the healthcare system in a cost-effective and efficient manner. Go to peachtreeentcenter.video-visits.com to learn more. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Dr. Uh, Dr. Dale, who's the founder of Sidera Health. And I love the, the, your vision of the company to make high-quality, human, transparent solutions the new normal in healthcare by promoting individual ownership, direct access, and care through a sharing community. I mean, that basically is, is what everybody should want, which is to be able to pursue, in this case, healthcare, find the doctor that fits you, and be able to to get care without these people inserting themselves, telling you what you should want, how you should be treated, how much it should cost. It should be between the doctor and the patient. I think that's the distillation of what the essence of what the doctor-patient relationship should be. And as a physician, I'm curious now to know when a Sidera uh, employee or a patient who has Sidera comes to my practice, what can I expect as a doctor? Will I have to obviously have to call the company? Do you have to go through pre-certifications? How is the payment based? Is it based on what I charge, or is or do you have um, a, a payment arrangement or system that you have like a charge master, basically? No, we we we, we don't have uh, something that we charge. Um, first of all, I think that would be uh, a uh, unnecessary intrusion in the doctor-patient relationship. Uh, the free market is well able. Uh, to help us uh, come uh, towards, let's call it appropriate pricing. Uh, now, you and I both know uh, that currently within the healthcare system, uh, most doctors have uh, little idea about uh, the, the charges that are going on out there, uh, often even in their own practices, uh, and um, they, they, they try and 
sort of keep aloof from that, if I can put it that way. Mm -hmm. There's a business manager uh, or, or whatever who's handling that. Um, no, you know, th this is not dissimilar from other services that uh, that we take. You know, uh, it would be really odd if I went to my accountant and he wasn't willing to give me uh, a price. And if I don't think the price is appropriate, uh, I can go to a different accountant. And I can also reward excellence by being willing to pay more. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't think there's any uh, any reason for us to legislate that price. Uh, what we do try and do is encourage patients to help their, their physicians, because that's specifically what we're talking about here, uh, be themselves educated uh, as to why the cash payer is the best possible uh, person you can have. Why would you want all the paperwork and the delays and everything else, the hassle of trying to persuade an insurance company to pay you for a service given, when that can just be agreed up front. Uh, and so uh, we educate uh, all of our members in such a way that they begin to understand that part of the transaction uh, in, in going to uh, to see a doctor is to say, hey, doctor, I'm going to be paying you cash. I'm going to be paying you today. Uh, oh, if it goes uh, above, you know, the, the $500 that I'm expected to share out of my pocket, uh, then uh, sure, then let's talk about how that happens and how the community will, uh, you know, help share in all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but assuming it's less than that, which the vast, vast majority of doctor visits are going to be, uh, I'd like to pay today, doctor, and I'd like to get a fair price. Nowadays, most doctors do have a cash price. Uh, in my experience, it's now running close to 50% uh, of the uh, sort of Let's. Uh, what do you call it? The, the rack rate that is on the back of a hotel door. Uh -huh. uh, so uh, just by asking, you can typically get 50% off if you're happy to put it on your on your visa card today or whatever it might be. Uh, and since uh, in our approach, we have patients with skin in the game on every diagnosis that they're engaged in, so that. Uh, now, they only have a limited amount of skin in the game, but we don't want them to assume that, oh, now I've uh, hit my target, as it were, and I don't uh, have to worry. I can squander the community's resources. Now, actually, if a person has more than three incidents a year that go beyond $500, uh, we forgive the, the $500 uh, from there on out. Uh, but I, I think you get the principle. Mm -hmm. So doctors can expect to be paid cash. They can expect to be paid that day. Uh, and uh, they can know uh, that if, if there are things going on that, uh, in the office that need to, uh, you know, take extra uh, time and energy and expense, and if it goes above $500, that there's a strong community of people uh, actively committed in a highly organized way uh, where the doctor can submit their bill, uh, uh, and uh, we ask them to submit it at the cash price, and we make sure uh, in the community, that money gets back very quickly to the patients so that if they couldn't afford to upfront the cash money, uh, that they can make sure the doctor receives it very quickly from them through the community. Uh, so that would basically be our approach. Well, that's pretty straightforward. That's uh, the power of the, in, of the group to help the individual. But it's all Absolutely. above board and it's voluntary. Nobody's making you do anything. It's a completely different mindset. It is, and I think voluntary association, I'm not an expert being an Englishman who came over to the United States, but I love your, your constitution, uh, and I think it talks about the power and the value uh, and the sacredness 
uh, a voluntary association. Uh, and, you know, that's what we do. We, we help people come together and choose how together they're going to handle these costs. I think that's, and they're all on the same side. Nobody's gouging anybody. Nobody stands to gain from someone else's loss. That puts everything in alignment. I think that's a much cleaner, more ethical way to do things. Now, I want to, you know, out of curiosity, because I'm an individual, can you join as an individual or at now, or do you still have to have get into an employer? No, you, you don't have to get with an employer, uh, but you do have to come to us within the framework of a group. Mm. Uh, and there are a growing number of associations that we work with around the country. Uh, so, yes, we can introduce anyone uh, to one of these uh, associations that will be uh, happy to act uh, as the home base, if you like, for uh, how they would become a part of the Sadira community. Awesome. So that means no one's locked out. You're bound to find something that you can join as an association, whether that's uh, a trade group, I guess, or I guess maybe a group of lawyers it could be. It can be a group of, you know, like-minded. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And is that since? Absolutely. Okay, that sounds cool. And that's since the, the Trump administration, is that before the Trump administration did the association approach to the healthcare system or after? Well, it, it, it was after. Okay. Uh, and the two are not directly related, but they're closely related. Uh, really what uh, began to uh, make that possible uh, was the changes in the tax law uh, that uh, made the, uh, the penalty of the individual mandate go away. So once there was not a penalty to worry about, uh, there are all sorts of ways to help people. Got you. And from a just a nuts and bolts standpoint, is would alternative and integrative treatment be something that could be covered uh, from a by a Sudera member, or is it just allopathic medicine? Um, that's that's a great question. Um, I, I have to be very careful about our language mm. uh, because we, we don't actually cover anything. Okay, shares. In, in Share, insurance sorry. terminology, that's correct. correct. No, no, no problem at all. Uh, can, can can these things be shared? Uh, absolutely they can. Uh, we're not trying to tell uh, the patient what type of doctor they go to. Mm. Uh, now, we do recognize that, you know, there are, there are certain approaches uh, that can get very expensive. Uh, and so we're, we're asking the patients and the doctors to be aware of that. Uh, and if something is way outside of what we previously seen as normal, uh, you know, we're, we're going to engage with the patient and with the doctor because we're, we're not trying to say don't go. Uh, what we're trying to say is, uh, okay, $3,000 worth of tests. Um, most of these uh, are just preventative or establishing a baseline. You understand that we're here to help you share uh, in actual sickness cost, uh, and so you know that that's that's part of a growing experience, if you like, for someone. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, will we cover the medical costs? Absolutely. Will we share the medical costs? Absolutely. And I see too that you you've expanded to covering or helping share with things like direct primary care and telemedicine as well. Is that correct? Uh, we do. Uh, we view telemedicine as uh, integral, uh, and we think the best possible form of telemedicine uh, is direct involvement in a direct primary care practice. Uh, so, 
we actively encourage this. Now, uh, the way we do that uh, is that if someone is a part of a DPC practice, uh, then we are willing to reduce uh, the amount of their monthly share uh, because in our experience, people who have a strong medical home uh, in, over the long run cost the community far less. Uh, being a family doctor myself, I'm very committed to the concept that good primary care uh, really is not just a gatekeeper, uh, it's much more than that. It's a quarterback that really helps uh, in the whole navigation of the medical world and helps the patient get better quicker, uh, have far less need to go into hospital, uh, and even if they need secondary and tertiary type care, uh, they are discharged into a much healthier environment. So, yes, we strongly back the DPC movement. I, I think it's an excellent movement, too, and it's growing to specialists like myself, and it's all about having the patient be, feel feel free to access care and not worry about cost because it's already prepaid, basically. Now, in the last minute or so that we have left, how can people reach you? How what What's your website, and how can people find out more about Sidera? Uh, we welcome people reaching out to us through our website. Uh, the website is www.sedera.com. So very simple, sedera.com. Uh, and there's a good team there and, of course, all the information where you can call in or uh, be pointed if you're an individual towards an association or, uh, you know, if you're an employer looking for how you can help your groups, uh, everything you need is going to be right there. And our team loves to work with people. I love it. And then you can find information about associations and other things that can, you know, you can get a way to get in. You're going to help someone do that as well, right? Uh, absolutely, and they, they can chat, they can telephone with our people. When I say they chat, they can obviously chat on the phone. I mean electronic chat mm-hmm. or on the phone, um, and uh, yes, they'll, they'll find the site uh, and the people uh, extremely efficient and able to answer their questions. Dr. Dale, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. I learned a, I learned a great deal. I know that my listeners did too, and I'm hoping that you'll have a flood of people come and, and learn more about Sidera and join it because I think we're the answer to this healthcare problem. We have to vote with our pocketbooks and our intention and stop being part of this system that's literally working against us. Thank you so much for joining me today. And you are so welcome. And may I just say that uh, you and what you're doing within your specialty is a huge inspiration. Uh, and I believe uh, that you're in EMT, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a son in the same field, and I've already told him as he moves uh, towards finishing his residency program, he has to start picking your brains. I'd be happy to help. We need more. <laughs> we need more in the field out here. Thank you again. Uh, yes, I hope you'll do. come back. Come back and tell me when you have anything, any update, you're welcome to come back on the show and uh, Thank you give so us some much. more excellent information. Thank you so much for coming on and thank you for listening to Medicine on Call. You can catch me on Twitter, on uh, Facebook, Spotify and all the other platforms. Have a wonderful week. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.